this morning, um, we are in the second Sunday of Lent. Uh, this is a, a 40-day season in the life of the church, 46 days if you count the Sundays from Ash Wednesday until Easter Sunday. Um, and during um, this season of Lent here at the Southeast Raleigh Table, uh, we are going to like anchor ourselves in the Psalms. The Psalms are the songbook of scripture. And one of the things about um, the Psalms is that even if you have a very consistent prayer life, oftentimes the Psalms, um, can save us from ourselves when we're trying to find all of the right words that we need to say, or how can we have a beautiful third transition so that God can hear us, or, or what's the really beautiful turn of phrase that I might need to speak so that God can truly hear. Sometimes the Psalms save us from ourselves that we recognize that the words are already here. And the Psalms are so honest. That's what's um, so beautiful about this particular um, songbook of the, of the Bible. There are times when um, the psalmist has uh, words of praise. Oh, Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. And then there are other times when the psalmist is like, I don't got it. I feel like I'm in a pit and that my enemies are actually prospering. God, have you forsaken me? This is an honest season, this season of Lent, which is why the Psalms can be such a beautiful resource for us as we journey over the next 40 days. Such a human book, but it's also a God-filled book. Because over and over again, as we're singing these songs of lament, these songs of praise, these songs of ascent, we also speak of who God is. And friends, also, we speak about who God is for us. And this morning, if you haven't already um, Seeing the thesis of where we're going, the trajectory, is that this morning we're going to hold on to what God and how God is a good helper and how God is a great keeper. So as my dear brother Mark Wilson comes to read Psalm 121, which is the psalm that will anchor us this day, I pray that you will see and you will hear how God is for us. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Amen. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So in the Christian church, there are two primary ways in which we keep time. There is what we call chronos time or chronological time. It's that we show up on a Sunday morning at 10.55 so that we're seated at 11 o'clock. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> just, just. That's what we call off script. Okay, so chronos time is how we tell time in order. My birthday is on this particular day. We come and we go, January to December. That is chronological or chronos time. The other kind of time in the Christian church is known as kairos time. 
This is God in breaking time. This is God who comes to meet us in the midst of our ordinary time kind of time. It's when God comes unexpectedly but in a timely reality to meet us in the midst of our lives. It's God revealing time. It's God being good over and over and over again time when we are maybe in desperate situations. It's when we did not know that God was going to show up in a particular way, and yet the kingdom of God is so close we can almost touch it kind of time. It's when you have sung all who are thirsty 5011 times in your life, but on one particular Sunday, you actually feel like God is going to meet you in the dry and empty places in your life. That's what we call Kairos time. It's me meeting uh, Kiana, February of 2022, at the back of Goodson Chapel, not knowing that one day she was going to sit here on the front row and was going to be our pastor of community life kind of time. That's right. It's meeting Sayoon at a workshop and hearing him bear witness to his life in the midst of ministry, not knowing that we were going to one day co-labor together kind of time. And the longer that I am a pastor of this community, and the longer we actually journey with each other in this community at the Southeast Raleigh table, I am realizing how Kairos time has come for us as a gesture of knowing how God cares for us and also how God provides for us. Like I can look out in this congregation and I can recognize how God met you at a particular moment when the world was saying no and God said yes to you and you also believed that yes. Psalm 121, friends, is a Kairos time psalm for the Southeast Raleigh table. Because the last time I preached Psalm 121 was on the second Sunday of Lent in March of 2020. March 8th, 2020. It was the last time that the Southeast Raleigh table gathered as a community in person, indoors, thinking that we were going to take two Sundays off. Hmm. Hear me, friends, thinking we were going to take two Sundays off, and 21 months later, 21 months later, 21 months later would be the time that we would gather in person, indoors again. And on this second Sunday of Lent, the appointed psalm is Psalm 121. Here's the thing, when, how, does anyone remember if they were in church on March 8th, 2020? Hmm. We did not know that as you were leaving the doors of 1950 Newburn Avenue, what we were going to face. But what I do know is that particular Sunday, Kairos, Kairos, because I did not let you leave those doors not knowing what was going to face us without saying this, we will look to the hills, but we're going to recognize that our help is going to come from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Guess what, friends? I didn't know how long we were going to be apart from each other, but I told you that God would not let your feet be moved. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I told you that God's going to keep you and that this God who keeps you does not snooze or sleep or slumber. That God was going to be your keeper that God was going to be our shade at our right hand so that even the sun would not strike us by day or the moon by night. That the Lord was going to keep us from all evil 
and even keep your life. I don't say this lightly, because this is not the reality for many of my colleagues in ministry. I did not do one funeral for a person in the Southeast Raleigh table over the course of the last three years. I don't say that lightly because I know it was not a test of wills. But God will even keep your life and you're coming from this time on, from March 8th, 2020 to March 5th, 2023 and forevermore. You know the thing that most people remember the most about March 8th, 2020, is that we had to use communion kits because um, the first case of COVID had been, um, had been reported in Raleigh and folks were like, now where's the good bread, Lisa? Like we were used to like, you know, some good Hawaiian bread from Harris Teeter and all of a sudden you got a wafer and you're like, what is all of this about? That's what you remember. We didn't know the wilderness we were going to enter into. We didn't know the millions of our neighbors who would not be here with us. We didn't know about the friends who would have to deal with long COVID. We didn't know about how some of us were going to wonder um, if we were going to have enough provision to take care of ourselves. We didn't know that children in Wake County, whoo we were going to have to like in some ways gird themselves up even in the midst of their own education. We didn't know. But in our not knowing, on March 8, 2020, the last word spoken of God as we gathered together was of God's ability to provide help and to keep us. I'm certain you can recount how God has helped you over the last three years. How community has been like the tangible presence of God over the last three years. However, if for some reason you're like, Lisa, not one good thing happened to me over the last three years, and there is no way that God helped me, and people were just, yeah. Your very presence, though, this morning is a sign that God kept you. So maybe God didn't feel like a helper, and that's perfectly okay. You are allowed to say what you believe and how you experience God. But I'm going to say your very presence this morning is a sign that God kept you. One of the interesting aspects of this particular psalm, of Psalm 121, is that nothing is asked of humanity. There is no lift your hands and praise God. There is no stand firm. There is no, um, there is no uh, lean into um, your own understanding. There is nothing that is asked of humanity in this particular psalm. This particular psalm is all about how God meets us. Now, I mean, there's a, a lifting ahead to the hills and then also recognizing the hills ain't gonna do that much for me. My, my help is gonna come from the Lord, not from Mount, Mount Hills. <laughs> but this Psalm does share over and over and over again what God does and who God is for us. Specifically, that God will be our keeper now, in this passage, it says that God's going to provide help, but God is described as one who is going to be our keeper. Now, the term keep comes from the form of a word that is used um, about six different times throughout this passage. So if you read Psalm 121 over and over again, you're going to see keep, keeper, keep, keeper, keep, keeper. And it comes from this Hebrew word, shamar. 
Now, keep has an interesting connotation, meaning that God guards us because of our belovedness. Repeat after me. God guards us because of our belovedness. God guards us because of our belovedness. God keeps us because of our belovedness. God holds onto us because God loves us, not because God has to. God holds us because God wants to. God guards us because God thinks and believes and acts as though we are deserving of being kept. God keeps us because God doesn't know any other way. Maybe you can't say that God helped you. I am looking out and I see that God kept you. you. God guarded you because of your belovedness. Not a test of wills. This is not about a moral elitism. Like there's something about us that's a little bit better than no, no, no. We can at least say for ourselves, I don't know, but God loves me and God has kept me. Robert Fisher um, says this, that God does not merely have us, God keeps us. We are God's beloved and immeasurably dear to God. We are not merely possessions in the eyes of the Lord, because if we suffer, it hurts God too. This psalm asks nothing of us. And maybe the greatest moment that I have in my pastoral authority is to say that I don't always know. I don't know what today is going to hold for you. I don't know what wilderness you're going to step into when you cross the threshold of 301 South Swain Street. I don't know what the conversation is going to feel like or sound like when you get into the car. I don't know what it's going to uh, be like when you have to go to work tomorrow or when you find yourself unemployed tomorrow. I don't know the obstacles or the challenges that are going to come and almost take your life or threaten to undo you. I do not know. I do not know what life is going to look like in the way that I didn't know what life was going to look like for us on March 8th, 2020. But in time and out of time, I can declare that we can lift our eyes to the hills and know that that's not where our help comes from, but our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I can declare that God will not let your foot be moved, and God who keeps you will not slumber. God who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. I can tell you that the Lord will be your keeper, the Lord will be your shade at your right hand, and the sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. I can tell you that the Lord will keep you from all evil, that God will keep your life, that the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on. And if you can't believe until forevermore, maybe until next Sunday, When we gather here again and somebody is able to believe the thing that you cannot believe for yourself. They say it's hard to find good help these days. Hmm. Read Psalm 121. 
So may this be good news for anyone on this Lenten journey who needs help. And friends, may this be good news for anyone on this Lenten journey who needs to be kept. That God will not slumber or sleep. That your feet will not be moved. That God guards you. God keeps you because of your belovedness. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you and we praise you for all the ways in which you meet us when we cannot meet ourselves. God, we thank you for all the ways you help us when we cannot help ourselves. For all the ways you keep us when we cannot keep our lives together. When we cannot keep ourselves together. That out of your overwhelming love for us, a love that is beyond understanding or comprehension, a love that operates in time and outside of time. That God, you are God who is faithful to keep us. God, we recognize this does not mean that we will never face challenges. This doesn't mean that we will not know what it is to experience toils and snares. doesn't mean that we will never know a life where we do not stumble and falter and fall. But you being our keeper means that we do know that you are God who is trustworthy. That in the midst of toils and snares, God, you are with us. That when life threatens to undo us, you are with us. That when everything seems to be falling apart, alongside the world, that God, you are with us. So this day, might you remind us, Lord, in the small ways or maybe in the large ways that we look back over our lives and we recognize, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me, where would we be? Where would we be? That God, we would rehearse your goodness. We would rehearse your keeping and that our hearts would give you thanks. We ask all this in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen.